It's time for Outside the Box with Lincoln Stars head coach Rocky Russo and Lincoln Stars broadcaster Joel Norman on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back in. It's been a couple of weeks. We are back with Outside the Box being brought to you by Raising Canes here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Joel Norman, of course, joined by the head coach of the Stars, Rocky Russo. And Rocky, how we doing here? Busy weekend and busy past week of hockey coming up. A little bit of a, a little bit of a break before big games this coming weekend against Omaha. Yeah, five games in nine days, and um, you know we had a lot going on. We had some really big games, obviously in that uh, in that ten day stretch, and and uh, I thought we did a pretty good job of coming out of there with uh, with some big key points, and uh, and now we're in this final six game stretch, and. Still very much in the mix for a, a first-round bye, and, and so it's exciting time. We're playing playoff hockey right now. I know that obviously we're not quite to the playoffs, but the message to the guys is it's it's playoff time, and we need to, need to have that mentality every day. Seven of a possible ten points achieved during that five-game stretch there. When you look back on it as a retrospective, are you pretty satisfied with how things went, cumulatively speaking? Yeah, I'm selfish, so, you know, uh, I would love to have them all, but but yeah, I thought uh, I thought we did good things. If there's you know, certainly we we hate the way that we lost that overtime game uh, to to Sioux City, but um, you know the 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 game against Waterloo on Saturday was uh, a a good hard effort considering we had a bad first period and and uh, you know we played well on Friday we we won on Wednesday you know so I think there's a lot of good things happening I'm really happy with where where our focus is where our energy is our culture's in a great spot right now our our guys are competing really hard uh, practice has been really intense they're enjoying each other's company they know that the end is near and I tell every group that I've coached for from uh, 2005 on that uh, you know this this is going to go fast, and you might feel like it's going to last forever, but before you know it, the season's going to be over, and, and this group as it sits right now will never be in the same locker room again. You, you will have bits and pieces of it next year. Some of you will go to school together. Maybe you'll get to play pro together, but this is a special thing for us, and, and we want to make sure that we don't take that for granted. Six games left in the regular season. I'm glad you brought that up. That was something I was thinking the other day is we're in the home stretch here. It's going to fly by. It has flown by. March and February to me, I felt like I blinked and they went by. It's it's amazing how much things have sped up. And I think it's been partly because there's been so many more games in the 2023 part of the schedule. you agree? Yeah, I mean, February was just an absolute atrocious month for us. We had a, a bad stretch. And, of course, that was our heaviest month and a lot of road games and, and – uh, a, a tough challenge but we had a great march mm-hmm. and kind of uh made up the ground that we lost in that month of february you wish you could have snuck a few more wins in in february and we'd be sitting in a far different position right now but uh you know you, you your goal is to try to win a, a clark cup and and currently we're putting ourselves in a, a good position to compete for one it was just a phenomenal month of march eight one oh and one and just about everything you could have loved could have gone right in that. They had that amazing penalty kill streak where you killed off 33 consecutive ones, allowed one goal in the first period of the month, gave up a couple in that final game of the month, but in between just a dynamite effort on the PK. What stood out about it during the month of March? 
you know what, guys are committed to the details of the penalty kill, and and uh, you know we're we're trying to understand where we want to give shots up from. Obviously, our goaltending has been outstanding, but in those PK situations, we did a really good job of of getting our two hundred foot clears, not uh, not allow allowing our opponents to to gain the zone of possession all that frequently. And, uh, and jumping loose pucks and, and blocking pucks, sacrificing a lot of energy coming back to our bench from that PK. And there was a lot of confidence. Guys knew, hey, if we, if we take a penalty, we can kill it off. And, and uh, when you have a team that, that feels that way, it's, uh, it's great because you can play a little bit more free. And, you know, if you're playing physical and you finish a check and unfortunately take a penalty, you know you're going to have guys go out and, and battle to kill it off for you. We're chatting Lincoln Stars Hockey here on Outside the Box, being brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 The Ticket. And you can give us a call on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, 402-464-5685, or text us on the Sarder Heyman text line, same number, 402-464-5685. Yep, and we do got a text uh, from the text line from Chase B. Um, and again, you guys can join the show. We got on the FM Airwaves, we have the Royals, but we're also streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And Allo, channel 951, you can catch the show on there. Uh, but from Chase B from Text Line, he has a question for Coach Russo. Um, is there anything in the USHL uh, that you would like to see added? He's talking about that should have been goal um, for a coach's challenge like the NHL or even Division One or Division One hockey. Um, he also says, happy belated birthday. Well, first of all, thank you for that. Uh, yesterday was my birthday, and, and we had a – a fun Saturday and a, and a Sunday, or uh, and then obviously yesterday with my family. You know, the the answer to that question is is it's a challenge uh, because at the NHL level and even at the the NCAA level, there's there's so many more resources available to uh, to the teams when it comes to uh, different camera angles and and staffing and and uh, review booths that even kind of take that out of the officials' hands and. Our referees, I know I get on them from time to time, and that's the emotion that, that uh, I run with because I'm such a competitive guy, but they've got a tough job to do, and, and I understand and acknowledge that. It's, you know, it's hard, and, and then, you know, we, we don't always have two referees. Sometimes we're in that one ref, two linesman system, which makes it even more of a challenge for a referee. So, you know, I think they do the best that they can. I, I think everybody's out there trying to – to, to give their best effort, players and referees included. And, you know, we we have uh, an overhead view uh, at the top of our nets. We have a, another angle that you kind of see when you watch a flow hockey game. But we don't have a ton of different camera angles in our building. We don't have a, an offsides cam. Not that I would ever be in favor of challenging <laughs> offsides. I actually think they should do away with that in the National Hockey League. But, um, you know, it's it's – it's hard. Uh, would I like to see potentially a, a coach's challenge? I don't think so. And the reason that I don't think so is because in the right situation, you might have a chance to get two or three of them reviewed by now in, in the course of a game. You know, and the referees are pretty good about if they're, they're not sure, they're willing to go look. And, um, you know, the coaches, I don't think, take advantage of that. But when we ask the guys, they're pretty good about going and taking a peek at it. And uh, if we had a, a challenge situation where it cost you a penalty or cost you a timeout, um, then, then less of those plays are maybe going to be reviewed. So I think that it's fine just the way that it is right now. And, uh, you know, if, 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 if a coach asks, if I ask, 
more often than not, they're willing to go look unless they're confident. They were right in the right spot. And, and if a ref comes and says to me, hey, Rock, I'm not going to look at it. I had a great view of it. I was right on top of it. I respect that. And uh, and if they're not, then then they'll go take a peek at it. And, and then we get a, an answer one way or the other. Yeah, for those who missed it, there was a sequence late in this past Saturday's game. Stars were down by one. The puck rolled in right behind Waterloo's netminder Jack Spicer, but no one could really tell besides people behind that net. Yeah, and we don't that that camera angle is not available. So even if that was a review situation, um, that would have been seen. You by know them. that that wouldn't have been one of the camera angles that were available to the official and. You know, when I did speak after the game, I, I probably should have held my tongue at that point. It's it's one of those things where, you know, anybody that knows me knows how passionate I am and how how much I want to win. And 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 for our guys, you know, I, I love our guys and how hard they worked. And I, I felt so bad for them to not get the result they they were hoping for on on Saturday. But I, I need to just take a pause right there and say, you know what, let's let's let the the powers that be get a get a good look at this before uh I speak out and and uh you know I've had some time to to reflect on that over the last couple of days and you know whether it was in or not is is kind of irrelevant because I've seen the overhead camera and and you don't really see it because their goalie was able to lay on it and um you know that that other view doesn't give you a good look the view that we did see uh like I said is not one that would have been available to the referee anyway so uh that's going to happen in the course of a game and I think what happens in 62 games is they kind of even out. Yeah, maybe yeah. you lose one here, but you gain one there. And uh, they just feel bigger right now because we're, you know, if you look and we win that game or we even just get a point, we're tied right now with Waterloo or we're a point ahead. They lost on Sunday and you're feeling still pretty good about getting that by. And we still do. We still feel really good. But, uh, you know, for us, it's it's just, hey, emotions run high and, and – uh, that's uh that's a coach you know if you're coaching at this level and and above you you're passionate about what you do and, and you're passionate about your players and you want to do everything you can to, to try to find a way to help us win and you said it there too rocky it was it was an emotional weekend two teams already in the playoff mindset so it was going to be that way both games were must win for both squads waterloo was coming into last week and having been shut out by omaha the week before so you knew they had a chip on their shoulder and you guys were looking to get that big win against them as well, and you got it on Friday. But it was a matter of trying to make it two in a row. So I think I think the emotion is very understandable. I was surprised. I'll admit, I was a little surprised that you didn't want to do the coaches. That you wouldn't be in favor of a coach's challenge. I think it's interesting at the NHL because it is really a gamble. If you get it wrong, you have you're going right on the penalty kill. And that's why I feel like you know, uh, and may who knows? I mean, the way things advance and change over the over time. We may get to that, but not every building in this league even has instant replay. So, so you're certainly not getting to that until you get a, a blanket review system in every building. But um, in, like I said, in this current situation, you're looking at one, maybe two. Uh, but, but if you get a couple of those bang-bang plays, close plays, uh, is it a kick? Is it a hand? Um, you know, what, whatever it might be, the guys go look. And if they go and look an extra time, then then why would we want to put that coach's challenge in? Because, like I said, I, I can count on one hand the number of times I asked this year, and they didn't go look at it. So they've been good about saying, hey, you're right, I'm not sure. I'd rather go double-check and, and, and make sure we get the correct answer here. 
You know, with Saturday's game, too, you talked about over the course of the season, things evening out a little bit, the bounces going both ways. I thought in Saturday's game, it was, it was a quick whistle on many shots on net, but I did think it went both ways. It did. It did. And you know what? Hey, like we had a we had an empty net um, at one point in the second period on the power play that, that their goalie made an unbelievable paddle save. And, um, you know, we had our chances, but... Uh, it it just shows our guys, hey guys, we can't, you know, even though we had Bill at night and, and that emotional game on Friday, we have to be able to get our head on and play right away to start the game because we clearly had a bad first period. And, um, you know, but you could look and, I mean, Waterloo had an awful bad first period on, on uh, Friday or maybe they had a great first period on Saturday and we had a great first period on Friday. But either way, they managed to get that second one in the first period on, on Friday or Saturday, and we only got one in uh, in the, the first period on Friday. So that, uh, that ultimately ended up being the, the difference in the game. But, uh, you know, the way we played in the second and third, I couldn't be more proud of our guys for, for making the, the conscious decision that they were going to, uh, get their heads back on and focus and push back, and they did a great job of that. A lot of your leaders, your your star players, doing that too. We've we talked about the times they need to step up, and a situation certainly happened. You know, Tanner Ludke, if one shot doesn't maybe glance off of Mason Marcellus, he's got the Stars' first hat trick of the season on Saturday. I can't believe we haven't had a hat trick yet this year. It's still not since the do in a row by Wallen last year. Yeah, no, we. Uh... I mean, we had a few hat tricks last year. I remember Usado had one. Wallen had a couple. Um, I don't think that Aiden Thompson had one. We had a ton of guys with two goal games, and we've had a lot of guys with two goal games this oh, year. Yeah. Um, but nobody's been able to. I even I know we've had a few where, um, you know, the other team had the net empty or whatever, and I was, you know, I had Clavs Weinberg's out. He had two goals the one game, trying to get him his third. And yeah. the guys are always good about it. They tap me and they're like, "Hey, coach, you yeah. know." We got a two goal lead. Can you can you get him out there? See if you can get the empty netter and get the hat trick. But uh, I I'd have to go back and really think about uh, the last year. I went an entire season without somebody having one. That's <laughs> that you just hit me with a stat I didn't even think about. But uh, yeah. it's interesting. I think it was late March. I need to. I have it written down somewhere when the last one was. It was the two by Wallen. It's the last time it's happened. Uh, I, and it's interesting you brought up that the guys will bring that up. I, I never even thought to ask something like that. But that's really cool that they're doing that, kind of looking out for each other, saying, hey, I want to get him his moment. They they do. They look out for each other. And I, I'm not paying attention, right? I, I'll, <laughs> the goal's know, a goal to you. <laughs> I'll know in the moment that they've got their second one. But then that's the furthest thing from my mind. I'm I'm worried about, uh, you know, who's who's going in the next three consecutive shifts. And if I get this guy out and I get him back on the bench, when can I get him out again? And you know, when is the goalie going to come out for the other team and, and how much time is going to be left? And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to Mike about what our D pairs are maybe going to look like. And so there's enough other stuff going on in my brain that who's got how many goals is, is not yeah. real high on the list. Understandable. Maybe that's something to bring up to the listeners here. I'm curious if anyone has any uh, prediction. We've got six games left in the regular season. Maybe you want to text in who your prediction would be. Text us at 402-464-5685. I'm curious who people might predict for that. Rocky, can I get a prediction out of you? If the Stars are going to get one before the season ends, who's, this gonna, who's it going to be by? Oh, gosh. You know, it's I, putting you on the spot, I know. but it, it, I mean, I guess you got to say Tanner, right? He leads our yeah. team in goals. Yeah. Uh, but but generally it's not that guy. It's somebody that has a hot night like Usado. 
you know, mm-hmm. who he probably only had 12 or 15 goals last year. I don't even know what he had, but mm-hmm. he had three of them in one night, and it was a huge night for him. It was pretty cool. Uh, I That was a fun night for, for you and for our boys, but um, you never know. You never know. It could be somebody that pops two real early and gets one late on the empty netter or – or uh, or somebody just gets the old uh, one two three in the first yeah. period. I don't know. So uh, we only got six games and playoffs to find out. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. It sure be special if it was a playoff one. I wouldn't mind seeing it before then. Um, you mentioned Tanner. He's got six multi goal games now after this past Saturday. I'm going to predict Jared Mangan because he's basically been a point a game player since mid February, and in, I think he's. We've talked about him at length the last few weeks, but. He's been finding ways to score or to get in the right spots, the setup guy. So I'm going to predict him is going to get it this season, whether it's in the playoffs or in the regular season here. Someone's got to do it, though. We can't go a full season without one. Well, uh, I we would all be thrilled for Jared if he's the one that got it, especially because he's been playing some of his very best hockey in the last five or six weeks. And, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about him throughout the course of the year. You could see him really starting to get comfortable and – and uh and consistent within his game predictable within his game and uh the adjustment to this league is is a challenge and he was fortunate he had a a 20 some odd game stint last year in the league with madison but uh spent the most of his year in in minnesota with the wilderness and the north american league and um you know he had to he had to figure out some some compete stuff and and some pace stuff when when he first got going but man is he really gotten comfortable and and he's been such a a a dominant player for us absolutely well it's been as we mentioned it's been a little bit since we've been on we haven't had a chance to talk about some of the unique games we've had recently we had the kids game last week what was your takeaway from that one an 11 a.m start you know half the building's full but it sure didn't sound like that with the way the kids were screaming most of that game did it no it would have been great if if uh you know lincoln public schools could have come as well because then we would have had the big sold out building and hopefully we can make that work next year but uh, my daughter who is three going on four actually said to me daddy I thought it was going to be a quiet game and it was a really loud game and uh, it's not just loud like the all of our games are obnoxiously loud Corey knows at some point I'm going to be asking for the ibuprofen because my head hurts but um, you know it's that high pitch loud that uh, that those young kids bring and and uh, it was pretty cool. I, I know they all had a great time. They all got to get a bunch of autographs from the the players after the game and and we came away with a big win. So it was uh, it was everything you could ask for for an 11 a.m. Wednesday morning game. Did the guys feed off of that in a positive way? Did just a change of pace with the game and a different type of crowd? Uh, you know what? I think that uh, they enjoyed it. You know, it's. It, the downside is it's not that full, um, yeah. and and we've had such incredible crowds all year that they're a little spoiled now because they're used to playing in front of 2,500, 3,000 a night, and, mm-hmm. um, but the energy was out, out of this world, and, and that's all you can ask for when you're playing at home. You want to have as much energy as you can have, and, and those kids and, and our fans that were able to take a, a long lunch break or a day off of work that day really got to... Uh, uh, to bring it and and our fans are or our players are very appreciative of that. Yeah, they sure seem to be in that one. And do we have more text here coming in, Harrison? Yep, going back to trying to guess if uh, any of the Lincoln Stars get a hat trick, who might it be? Uh, Chase chimes in. He says far fetched, but the defenseman of the week, uh, referring to Antonio Fernandez, uh, will get a hattie before the season ends. So that's from Chase B. And again, four zero two four six four five six eight five. You can join the conversation that way. Man, wouldn't that be a cool be kind really of really cool? 
uh, bow on on Antonio's Lincoln Stars career. Um, you know, he's he's been so good for us. He's uh, all rookie team last year in the USHL. I I you know statistically he's heading for one of the one of the all USHL teams from a, a point production standpoint as a defenseman this year. He's got. 10 goals and 35 points and and uh you know now he's got his commitment to to Colorado College you know but what wouldn't that be a tremendous story if he's the one that that found a way to get the three yeah. I think that'd be really cool so that's a great uh, a great choice by Chase I like that one because he's the only stars defenseman with a multi-goal game this season too his 10 goals we mentioned the they're tied for fourth most among USHL defensemen he's got that great ability to be able to jump up in the the offensive zone and trying to get in on the attack. I thought that goal against Sioux City a couple of weeks ago was a great example of that. You know, kind of rescued a loose puck at center ice, carried it in, and next thing you know, he's stuffing it home. And you kind of had to double check the number a little bit as it was happening to make sure it was him. Well, you know, the 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 best part about Antonio's game is he played a lot of his career as a forward, most of his career as a forward. So he has that uh, that offensive knack and uh and awareness and and he's he's done a good job especially here the second half of the year of picking his spots knowing when he can engage and when he needs to sit back and defend and uh he's being rewarded for that so you know i'm i'm really more than anything just proud of antonio's development over the course of the last two plus seasons that i've been fortunate enough to coach him and and uh you know, seeing him have a lot of success personally and, and obviously from a, a team standpoint has been outstanding. And, you know, I, I hope we could bring a Clark Cup here to wrap it up and then send him on his way to, to be a CC Tiger. Wouldn't that be a great way to do it? And I'd encourage everyone, if you didn't get a chance to read it, there's a great feature on him in therinklive.com. Uh, you spoke with them a little bit for that as well. They asked me 50 questions, and then they put one sentence in there from me. <laughs> so, well, they I think they got one coming maybe for Mason as well. So okay. they might get a, a few more yeah. from you. But. No, it was all good. It was I'm, I, I was really happy to see him get recognized by – uh, by them and and they wrote an awesome article and and uh, he's a great kid so good for him to to get some of that press it's well deserved we talked a little bit about how going down the stretch here you're starting to you know the locker room is not going to be the same here it's got to be a little strange for you maybe some of these guys who you've had here multiple years kind of knowing down the stretch here wow these are the last few games with them is that something that maybe doesn't get appreciated until once it's done? Or is it you have a moment here every so often where it's kind of like, wow, this is a, you know one of those final big talks I'm having with this kid before he moves somewhere else? No, I, d- I don't really think about it. I mean, I've been doing this so long. I know that that's, that's part of the deal. And um, it's kind of like when you get a dog. <laughs> you know that, that the dog is going to be your best friend, but dogs have short lives. And, yeah. and uh, you know, eventually they're not going to be around anymore. And, and for our guys, the good part is, is I can – I could still have great relationships with them and uh, and I can be supportive of them in their careers as they move on. I've got so many former players now that are married and have kids and, you know, they call me for, for job references or, or to ask questions or just to, to, to talk. And so um, I know that, that that's part of the deal. And you become invested in your players and you build that transformational relationship knowing full well that, that it's going to abruptly end. And you don't know exactly when it's going to end. It it could end like it did last year where, you know, we're poised for a long playoff run and poof, it's over. Or, or it could end at, in the championship game with a a, a big victory. And, and so you, you don't know. And I think that's that's part of the fun is just coming to the rink every day. And, um, and then eventually, 
you know, when it's over, it's over. Yeah, absolutely. And as we mentioned, a couple games this weekend with Omaha at them on Friday and then hosting them Saturday. And Rocky, real quickly, it's a, it's an opponent who we've seen plenty this year, but it is strange to be saying this is the final time we'll get a chance to see the Omaha Lancers this year. What's been your favorite moment maybe from this rivalry matchup? There's been a lot of highlights for the Stars. Oh, goodness. I don't know. I mean, we had a pretty cool one last time we played them at home, right? We had a couple fights in the third period, a big 5-1 win and, and uh, an electric crowd. You know, that was that was awesome. And, and uh, you know, I know that they're not statistically uh, in, in the playoff hunt, but uh, Wilkes does a great job with his team and, and he's going to have them prepped to play. And, and whenever you, you've got a, a Stars, um, a, a Stars, Lancers matchup you can throw the standings out out the window because it's two teams that are battling and and uh, I think that's a, a great uh, long-term rivalry in the USHL and one that I'm I'm proud to be a part of it's gonna be a lot of fun on the road at Omaha Friday 705 at home of the icebox on Saturday at 605 well we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna bring on the president of the Lincoln Stars Lori Crocker a lot to talk about with her about some of the excitement that we've had in recent weeks as well as what's coming up here this weekend and hopefully into the playoffs as well we'll take a break this is outside the box being brought to you by Raising Canes on 93.7 the ticket